It's Saturday, and this is our weekly news roundup with a Christian perspective. And Nikki's got her Bible out, so it's either going to be good or terrifying. Let's find out. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer, my lovely wife, Nikki. Hello. And today, as with all Saturdays, we're kind of taking the week that was, kind of looking at some of the big stories and trying to give, hopefully, a Christian perspective on them. That's our plan here. So uh, the big story of the week was, as far as I'm concerned, Gabby Petito, I believe is how you say that. And we're going to talk about her a bit later in the show um, as we get through some of the other news stories that I thought were important. Some of them, this isn't quite as big of a news week, I feel like, as last week, where last week had a lot of, you know, really big things, General Milley and all these sorts of things Mm -hmm. going on. This week didn't seem quite as dramatic as last week, but still some really good news articles to go through and some that were, I think, pertained specifically to Christians. They were pretty important. So that was good. Um, Before we dive into these stories, though, honey, is there anything you would like to say? Just want to praise God. We had a good day uh, with our kids doing soccer. Um, I don't remember the score of Holly's game. You were there before I I was. I think Holly won three to one. Yeah. And then the boys, they got three to one. Three to one as well. So, and I think one of our boys scored a goal for the first time this season. Yeah. Pretty nice. It was a good day. Good day. So definitely thanks for that. Um, if you guys have been praying for me, thank you. My shoulder seems to feel better. Uh, so maybe I'm feeling those prayers. And if you haven't prayed for me yet, what are you waiting for? Please pray for me. I need my shoulder to get back to 100%. <laughs> um, as I told you guys, I was whooping up on some of those young airmen, making them look bad in PT, and I need to continue that. Um, so please pray for my shoulder. And then just uh, pray for our kids' soccer league. Uh, As with any young kids playing sports, tempers get heated, and things were a little ugly at the end of their soccer game, and that is not the way we want this season to go. And we definitely want to make sure we're being a light in Mm -hmm. the darkness, um, you know, standing out from the crowd and not behaving like everybody else. We want to be examples in that. So. Going through the news this week, though, like I said, there wasn't didn't seem like there was really as many big stories. Um, Gabby Petito definitely, you know, was the biggest story of the week, I think, from just seemed like the sheer amount of news coverage that she got. And we're going to talk about that. But for me, kind of going through this week, you know, I kind of look every day and these aren't necessarily the biggest stories, but just sort of the ones that jump out to me where I'm like, ooh, that's that's kind of a big deal and kind of important. So. The first one that I wanted to talk about um, was from Reuters. And what I want to go to this screen. There we go. Was from Reuters. And if you want to just read the headline, honey, and then just these first couple articles or the first couple um, paragraphs we pulled. The U.S. Speaker Pelosi, capitalism has not served our economy as well as it could. And it reads, in America, capitalism is our system. It is our economic system, but it has not served our economy as well as it should. He told a, that Kathum, 
house event? Chat Chatham House. Okay. It's no. some British house. Oh. Probably <laughs> Chatham. Sorry. Chatham. <laughs> uh, so what we want to do is not depart from that, but to improve it. Says you cannot have a system where the success of some springs from the exploitation of the workers and springs from the exploitation of the environment and the rest. And we have to correct that. Oh, this just wears me out. This, uh, you have anything you want to say on this real quick before I dive in? No, you should always just dive in first yeah. and I'll just chime in. <laughs> and listen, I'm not the kind of person that I don't think capitalism is the perfect economic system. I don't believe that when Jesus comes back to earth, he's going to set up a capitalist society. I don't know what he's going to set up. But in our flawed human experience, capitalism is the best system that we have. And the reason you yeah. can know that it's the best system we have is because you can look at history and see what nation yeah. has provided the greatest number of people to thrive and excel mm -hmm. and improve the human experience. And capitalism has done that throughout the world. It's like freedom. You're free to do what you want. And if people don't want to do what you're doing, then that's okay. Yeah, it's like the Constitution. Like, Constitution isn't a perfect document. We're humans. We aren't, we're incapable of perfection. But it's the closest thing to perfect a human being has ever created. So we're all for improvement. Yeah. But just show me, it's like the, you know, we're going to fix the Constitution. All these socialists and stuff want to fix the Constitution. First off, think you're smarter than our founding fathers. Uh, which is pretty prideful and probably wrong. But secondly, present an option, right? Present something better that provides more freedom, more, more freedom. liberty, more yes. room for growth and personal yes. expression and all these sorts of things. And this is capitalism, right? It's flawed. Mm -hmm. But the reason that it's flawed is that we don't actually live in a society with capitalism. We live in a society mm -hmm. of, at best, crony capitalism, which mm -hmm. is... Um, you know, our government basically picks winners and losers, uh, most notably, obviously, 2008, right, with the uh, GM and, well, GM's bail, uh, bailout. I'm sure there was others. I can't think of them right now. But, yeah, the government basically decided these companies, these banks, they're too big to fail. Mm -hmm. We're going to give them money to keep them afloat. Like, that's not capitalism. Yeah. Capitalism is the free hand of the market. It picks, you know the winners and losers. And we don't live in that world anymore. We live in a quasi socialist crony capitalist where government, big companies and big corporations pair together and they squash out the little guy's competition. Well, what you see is just the root, you know, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. So the love of money is going to ruin our freedom. Oh, and it's a hundred percent doing it. And that's like, what kills me when these people like, Nancy Pelosi, you know, she says in here, um, let's see if we can, she says, so what we want to do is not depart from it, from that, but to, uh, to improve it. She says it's not served our economy as well as it should. Hmm. Someone may want to remind Nancy Pelosi, she's been in Congress since like 1970. Uh, anything that's gone wrong with capitalism, she is a large part of hand, it. Yeah. She's arguably the second most important person in the United States uh, political class. I mean, outside of the president, the speaker of the house is about the most important person. 
So she's had her hands in ruining whatever she thinks has been ruined with capitalism. And what's so stupid and so frustrating about our society is these people, Nancy Pelosi is just one of dozens and dozens that have been in Congress for 30 years, in the Senate for 30 years. And they're the same people that drug us into the mess we're in now that go, you know what, we got to fix this problem that I caused. Why would we assume she can fix what she's ruining? Anybody who's been in a position of power for too long is going to become um, corrupt. That's something else we've seen throughout history. It's yeah. going to get to people eventually. I cannot understand in this country how we don't have term limits for our politicians. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, I mean, let's just say she's been in Congress, I don't know, 36 years, roughly. I don't know how long she's been in. Maybe she's been in since 1860. But um, I mean, that's literally, she's had 18 election cycles because they get elected every two years in Congress. 18 times people in her district have been like, she is the right person at the right time to lead our district. That's crazy to me. I get like, even if you disagree with an Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know, we just talked about her going to the Met Gala, you know, super socialist. Even if you disagree with her, at least they tried something young and fresh, right? Like, and not that young is always better, but like new and fresh kind of where, you know, it's you're trying something different to change sort of the status quo. But instead, you just keep voting these same people in decade after decade as the economy in the country, education, everything in America trends it's downward. Just a downhill. Like, I don't. And they're like, know. you know who can really drag us back from the brink? That same lady same. that <laughs> led us right to the brink. Like, she's not going to do it. Nancy Pelosi uh. does not have any idea of how to fix what ails us. So it just it irritates me. And not to mention, she's over in Europe, again, trash in America. Like, can we get a single leader in this nation that actually speaks fondly and proudly of America on the world stage? I know. How many leaders do we need to go and grovel and tell everybody how terrible we are? I know. I'm so t <laughs> we, you know, obviously we trash American Christianity enough and we talk bad about it in hopes of like highlighting how we can fix it as bad as America is at times we are still miles ahead of anybody yeah. else like the idea that we would go and grovel to Great Britain England yeah uh, no <laughs> sorry they are whatever we're doing wrong they did it first and they're yep. doing it better so mm -hmm. uh, not a big fan of that no not um, a fan. and then the last thing I just wrote down about this was just the idea of pride. I feel like all of our political leaders, they're just so full of pride and egotism. And I know they love to point that out about Donald Trump, right? Like, oh, he's arrogant, egomaniac. Anybody like Nancy Pelosi, you know, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, anybody that thinks that they're smart enough to fix the world's problems has an ego bigger yeah. than anything you've ever seen. Nancy mm -hmm. Pelosi is just the same. Like, what this world and country could look like if we actually had some humble servant leaders. Mm. Uh, that might Let's actually fix out. this country. But Why don't instead, we try that? That'd be different. Let's do something really different. <laughs> no, what's, what we should do is just reelect that guy for his <sighs> 20th term in Congress. Um, 
uh, just super irritating. This wasn't a big story, but I saw it. It's something you can definitely rant on for a long time. It just drives me nuts, <laughs> man. Like, it's just so easy to pick on America. And I didn't take this story down, but well, we'll skip it. We have too much to talk oh my about. Goodness. So <laughs> obviously another big story in the, the news this week. Um, as with every week that's basically gone on in the last, what, six months, basically. Uh, the vaccine was obviously in the news, I right? I can't believe we're still talking about all this. For all, like, it blows my mind. <laughs> I'll still, and it like, makes me just as angry every time we talk about it. Like, I'll go to work and go to places and people are like, yeah, make sure you have your mask on. And I'm always, still in my mind, I'm like, this is still something we're doing. This is insane. So um, this story comes from, and again, all these stories will be linked in the show notes. You guys can go check all these out for yourselves. But this comes from outkick.com. Honey, and if you want to read the headline. Mm-hmm. Okay, L.A. County says maskless Emmys are okay. Exceptions are made for celebrities. Gotta love that. And then just this uh, first paragraph. Okay. All right. L.A. County's health officer order requires residents, whether vaccinated or unvaccinated, to wear a mask indoors, but exceptions are made for film, television, and music productions, the Department of Health said in a press statement, defending the maskless Emmys. Well, the first thing that came to me was like, well, of course, that's where the money is. That's why it's an exception for them. The film, television, and music, of course. Yeah, like, as if you just (laughs) needed more evidence that wearing masks was stupid. Um, Here you go, you know, it just but i think this is the whole thing with celebrities they have to get attention for being ridiculous that's the way it's always been yeah I mean, and not that it's ridiculous i mean i whatever i'm not for masks so but i mean we've not. seen over the last year and a half two years that covid does not attack rich beautiful celebrities or those with uh, immense amounts of power so it's a very weird disease in that respect that it only really affects us have-nots. You know, the rich and the beautiful, the, uh, those with power and wealth. COVID just seems that they're like sitting down in a restaurant their whole life. It just goes right over their head and they are unaffected. Because we've seen stories in the past, right? Nancy Pelosi, speaking of her from the previous episode, you know, her big dinner fundraiser at her house. Nobody there well, had there a mask extra on. precautions because it goes on to well, say. Well, they did have masks on. Oh. The poor workers had masks well, on, of yeah. course, you know, I because know they're the have nots. It's like, what are they trying to portray? Are they doing all this on purpose to let us know that that's how they really view us? I don't know. I don't know who actually even, because half the country seems perfectly okay with it. So I'm. And especially those in California, right? Like this is, this is what they voted for. You know, Gavin Newsom, when he won his recall, he said that the voters in California were voting for science, the science on COVID, which the science here, apparently from the Emmys tells us that masks are pointless so long as you have a negative COVID test. Um, Because it says right here that- This whole article is contradictory. um, it says that they were, let me see if I can find it. Right there at the top Yeah, it paragraph. says, the department, Fox News reports that the department was told that all attend, yeah, let me see if I can pull it up here real quick. 
Yeah. It says that all attendees tested negative for COVID-19 within 48 hours of the event, and the production crews were required to be vaccinated or test negative for the virus twice per week. So what they're saying here is you can have the vaccine and then walk around without your mask on in close quarters, or you can just test and have a negative test. How did they take extra precautions that were different from anybody else's extra precautions where we don't have to wear a mask? Maybe they dressed nicer. Because these little kids all going to school have to wear their mask. Just test just them. Get but them a of test. course, the way you test is traumatic for little kids. Who's going to want to do that to their child? Little kids don't want a Q-tip shoved up their nose. They're going to just put their kids in a mask because that's better than. That's you know, another thing. I don't understand how, and we've probably mentioned this on the show before. I don't understand how you can have to be wearing a mask and social distance because COVID can infect you from somebody, a little bit of spittle getting on you, apparently can infect you with this, you know, worldwide plague. But in order for them to actually test if you have COVID, they have to scrape your brain. Like if just a little bit of moisture from your mouth can get COVID on somebody, how can they not just swab your cheek to find out if you have it? It doesn't make any sense. But again, nothing about COVID for the last two years has made any sense at all. And yet here we are. Um, And in even crazier news, if that wasn't enough for you guys, COVID is still alive and well. And I think I just hit puberty. Um, You heard my voice. (laughs) You know, I'm a late bloomer. Um, But this story right here from The Blaze, you want to read that headline, baby? Yeah, Education Secretary Miguel Cardona says he supports COVID-19 vaccine mandates for students. Yep. If only those students went to school at the Emmys. Who cares? They would be perfectly healthy. But if you want to read through this paragraph right Mm -hmm. here. All right, Secretary of Education Miguel Cardona on Thursday expressed support for COVID-19 vaccination requirements for eligible students, saying that the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's full approval of shots for some young people should open the door for state officials to institute plans to start vaccinations, according to Politico. Yeah, and then he goes on down here and he says, um, kind of making the claim with the COVID vaccine for the students, he says, there's a reason why we're not talking about measles today. and. But that was going on. We were having measles outbreaks still, well, you know, before so COVID started. <laughs> They're trying to equate measles and how everyone has to be vac- uh, vaccinated for the, you know, MMR. He's equating that to COVID. But those are not the same things, right? Like measles have been around for thousands of years. And if you even look at the vaccine, I just did a quick little research looking at this. They first started finding um, basically samples of measles in students in 1954 the first doctor decided to start looking at this and seeing if he could isolate the measles um, strain started in 1954 the first vaccine for it i don't think came out until 1963 Mm. so an infection that we had known about for hundreds if not thousands of years in the measles seven years they spent working on a vaccine and then it wasn't fda approved from what i saw until 1968 so you're talking about seven years for the vaccine to be developed and an extra five years for approval. 
Yeah. So it wasn't like COVID, which sprang out of nowhere, apparently funded and developed through uh, Dr. Fauci's uh, input. And basically overnight, you know, COVID came on the scene and exploded across the world in an instant. The vaccine is the fastest vaccine ever created that reached the fastest FDA approval in history. And they're like, well, it's just the same. Like, there is nothing similar about It was only the these. Pfizer one. Yeah, and only the Pfizer one, which now they're saying they're going to give. So if you want to read this next. Uh, where is it at? Yeah, right here. Okay. Uh, okay, so it's Cardona had been hesitant to vigorously promote vaccination. But he said that changed after the FDA gave full approval of a coronavirus vaccine for those ages 16 and up. Those ages 12 to 15 are eligible for shots under an emergency authorization. So hmm. this right here, uh, this is a lie, <laughs> if you guys are curious, um, where it says he had been hesitant to vigorously promote the vaccination. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He's lying. <laughs> um, he's a President Biden appointee for, yep. uh, what is he, the education secretary. Uh, there is almost... I would believe zero chance that so he was at all So he's saying that everybody hesitant. else before should have been hesitant, although he was probably pushing people to get their vaccine before it was FDA approved. Yeah, so which that would be nothing. a good question anyway. to ask him. Like, so were you okay with people being like, I don't trust it through the emergency use authorization? Right. But this has always been the case, right? People that are like, oh, well, you know, just wait for the FDA approval. Like, that literally has not done anything to change anybody's it mind. It hasn't changed anybody's mind. Like, mm -hmm. there was, I can't imagine there was a single person on planet Earth that thought covid vaccine was going to be denied fda approval i know there was zero percent <laughs> chance that that did not get approved that's a but so that's just a lie he wasn't hesitant he just didn't have basically the full backing of the fda to demand that everybody goes and gets vaccinated now he does so he can come out and say everybody get vaccinated and start demanding it for our school-aged children who have literally as close to zero percent chance of being like negatively or long-term affected by COVID young, healthy mm -hmm. children. I mean, they have probably a better chance of being struck by lightning twice than they do of catching and dying from COVID-19. It's nonsensical, but as a Christian, this story should be important to you because we have harped on this channel over and over again, this podcast, get your kids out of public school. If you can do it, if you can't, find a way to do it and then do it. I know I was just thinking today how we're all put in this position to homeschool when we're, we're not used to it for one. And it's really hard to try to keep up with the public school or any school's um, timeline to get your kid done with their grade within 10 months to a year. So I think a lot of kids are going to be, you know, held back, but I, I don't think that matters. I don't want that to be a hindrance for people homeschooling. Because I already feel like, oh, gosh, my kids are we're already a little behind. I know we had people visiting for a while, and that put us back a little bit. Behind what? Like, who sets the standard of when they move up in a grade anyways? But the good thing about it is that my kids spend more time on subjects. I don't have them test for something unless I know they're prepared. So they're actually doing better, getting better grades at home than they would in school being overlooked and then just guessing on questions and failing tests. So they're getting a, a more quality education at home, even though they're considered behind maybe. But I don't know, you tell me what's better. 
Is it about being ahead with low grades or being behind with better grades? What would you rather have? So just take that into consideration. Yeah, and I mean, we know not all schools are the same. Not all teachers are the same, but nobody's going to love your kid the way you love them, care about their education the way you care about them. And personally, I think the way we do school, public school and all this, I think that is going to go by the wayside. Yeah. Um, before too long, it's because everything's it, state tests. Everything's about testing numbers, and it's not really about steering your kid into like where they should go as an adult. The school system has no clue what your kid's talents are. Well, what and their I mean, if COVID are. has shown us anything, is that you can do school without a school building. Yeah. Um, with the internet, te- you know infrastructure we have and it's almost more just a financial issue yes teachers get paid nothing yeah for working immense amounts of hours and you know after school they do a million things they get paid nothing for it um these school buildings that they own and pay rent on for states are astronomical you know just in our little small town we lived in in new mexico i mean god they probably had 14 different schools that a small little city's trying to pay for. Yeah. All these states and cities are underwater. You yeah. know, they're all, none of them are ha- living in a surplus. So you're talking about a state that's underwater financially, that's paying tens of millions of dollars in, a year in leases, plus salaries mm. and all these sorts of things. When if you could just pay <laughs> 50 bucks for an internet bill for a family that may not be able to afford it, <laughs> maybe send them a Help $200 Chromebook. Right, and your right. kid can learn from home. Now, it's You'll not say. ideal, but college kids are going to school online. Yep. Um, it's just, I think traditional schooling like that is a thing of the past. So the sooner you can get your kids out of it, um, I think better. But just from a Christian's perspective, um, I don't think that like just learning, I don't know, these skills that simply teach you how to go into a marketplace to make more money. And all these sorts of things are all that beneficial. Um, I don't know when making money became the number one driver for Christians in America. Um, it shouldn't be. It should be, uh, you know, being a representative of Christ in this world. And, you know, if I don't know, get your kids out of school. I think <laughs> and it, even the education secretary here says this to you. Um, if we go down to the final sentence of this article. He says, our students have been disrupted enough, and sometimes you have to be crystal clear on what you believe. And I thought, man, (laughs) do you. Um, If now is not the time to be crystal clear on what you believe, they're going to shove what they believe down your throat and down your student's throat. I'm sure everybody saw that little Facebook video of that. Oh, what was that kid like five gosh, years old and they're like younger than that trying to you know make sure he has his face mask on and he's crying and pulling it off and they keep putting it on and you know you obviously feel bad for the kid but you feel bad for the teacher too who i'm i would hope realizes how ridiculous that is but at the same time like she's got to keep her job right so i'm gonna basically force this little kid to wear a mask that does him no good for a disease that's not going to affect him. Like it's just insanity. It's all insanity. You guys know it's insanity. Um, But that's not all the insanity going on in the world. Um, We touched on Pope Francis a little bit last week. Uh, What was this story? We talked about Pope Francis last week. Oh yeah. He wants to keep giving Joe Biden 
um, communion, <laughs> not because he's a Catholic, but because he's really, really important, uh, apparently. So oh, uh, man. Pope Francis is back in the news mm-hmm. um, from what I saw. We have two stories on Pope Francis. This one right here, baby, if you want to read the headline. No. <laughs> Pope Francis. All right. Pope Francis is making space for LGBT people in the church with limits. And it's a huge step forward. Yes, a good old big step forward. And this is just within the Catholic Church. Yeah, I mean, Pope just speaks to the Catholic. Yeah, because I'm reading this and I'm thinking, I don't care what you do in your Catholic Church. You're already all antichrist. Do what you want. If you want to be all-inclusive, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would I don't know. go as far as, like, just, I don't know I if don't the, know. the adherence, you know, like, your average dude that's like, I'm a Catholic. I don't know how much he... This is what I think people need to get out of this church. Oh, 100%. Like, to get out don't of this try church. to save the church. It's like, wake the people up and just get out. Well, do you want to read this little paragraph right here? Okay. As I see it, the Pope is carving out a much-needed space for LGBT people in the Catholic Church with some clear boundaries. But even with those boundaries, it is a space much larger than any of his predecessors. How do you say that? Predecessors. (laughs) Predecessors would have. Countenanced. Countenanced. Yeah. So, uh, they, you know, they go on to say, you know, he's not really like going full bore. You know, we're not, at least this story doesn't say they're on the verge of, you know, transgendered priests and all that. But he's basically just making the case that the Catholic Church needs to be, I guess, a little more pastorly towards LGBT Because they know that they are in their church and they're considered members. They're allowed to be members, being openly gay. I mean, I would assume if he's talking about making a space for them in their church. Why would they not already have a space if they are members He does already? make it clear in here that he still um, adheres to traditional marriage, um, only being recognized man and woman. So he hasn't gone that far. But this, to me, you can kind of see a slippery slope here. We all know Pope Francis is a very liberal uh, person. Aside from just being Pope, you know, he's a very political Pope, very mm-hmm. liberal and this, to me, to me, it gave warning signs, um, you know, because the Catholic Church is on decline, like most churches are, but the Catholic Church has been losing a lot of people around the world and in America as far as adherence. And to me, I was, just got the strange idea of, like, similarities, you know, with the Episcopalian Church that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. As their membership started to decline and decline and decline— they looked for this new group of people yeah. that they could bring in. And who was there? Well, the LGBTQ, the, the transgendered. So I was like, is this something Pope Francis is doing? Looking to maybe bolster his numbers a little bit by bringing these people in. And then once they're in and they're accepted, well, you can't accept somebody as a LGBTQ or transgender as a member and active participant in your church and then be like, but you can't actually help here in any way. Like, that's not going to be a stance you're going to be able to withhold for very long. Mm-hmm. So right, if right. you start accepting them in, accepting their lifestyle, all these sorts of They're things. They're going to feel upset if they can't be included in every way. Yeah. It's like, like don't do you mean? half you accept me. You need to, it's all or nothing. Yeah. So I'd be get, uh, curious. Again, I'd like to hear from Catholics um, what you think about this. To me, 
slippery slope, you know, with Pope Francis. Um, and then he also goes on down here. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, I can't find it. It'll be in the article. But he says, Francis, who opposes ideologies in general, is abstract and thus divorced from people's lived experiences called gender ideology in his talk to the Slovakian Jesuits dangerous. So hmm. Pope Francis opposes, you know, those ancient traditionalist ideas of gender ideology. So yeah, uh, apparently your lived experience is more important than your the gender you were born with for Pope Francis. So if you, you know, you feel that you lived the life of a woman, and doggone it, you're a woman. So, and this comes from the Vicar of Christ, right? That's what they call the Pope. I don't know. Pope Francis, there you go. Slippery slope. Um, and I would say any Christian listening to this, be leery. This is why we've talked in the past, and we've gotten pushback from people when we tell you, or when we've talked to you guys about, if you have these people, you know, LGBTQ, transgender, and not just them, but anybody that's living in a life of sin yeah. and is proud of it, like proud in an of unrepentant sin. sin. Yeah. You know, it could be anything. I mean, I don't know if you have a, a cocaine dealer <laughs> in your church and he's like driving a Cadillac and trying to sell people cocaine or something like he's in the same boat. You need to get those people either repentant for their sins and turning towards Jesus, or you need to get them out of your church. Mm -hmm. because they are they're gonna take other people with them if they're yeah. living in your church unrepentant they don't belong in your church yeah you represent christ and what you condone they think christ condones you say you represent christ oh yeah because a church is not an outreach ministry a church is a place right. for a body of believers to come together and be strengthened exactly. in the word so that we can go out and be the outreach ministry that's a good point I don't think we've ever said that. The no, but it seems like every church nowadays, ministry. it's almost because, and I don't want to, again, shame anybody, but it, maybe it's because pastors have just gotten fat and lazy in this country, um, where it's way easier to just get all the lost souls to come to you mm -hmm. and just go, hey, you know what? Go grab a friend who doesn't believe and bring him over to the church and I'll talk to him. Why don't you put your walking shoes on and go knock on some doors? Like that's outreach ministry. And mm -hmm. pastors are not alleviated of that. You know, a pastor, yes, you're a teacher, but we're all supposed to go and make disciples. Yeah. And I think we've gotten just lazy in this where it's like, hey, you know what? Just bring a bunch of unbelievers into the church and we'll work on it. You them. didn't make a disciple by bringing a friend to church. Like if you haven't already preached the gospel to your friend, they're, they're not a Christian just because they showed up to your church. Like you failed. Yeah, and if you're already accepted into the church in your sinful lifestyle and nobody's demanding that you change, then what's the point of changing? You're like, hey, I'm already here just like you. Yeah, I'm a transgender, you know, drug dealer, stripper, but we're they both- They are not a part of the body of we're Christ. We're both members of the same church. The body of Christ <laughs> And if is... you're in the Episcopalian church, you probably both serve in the yeah. youth ministry, you know, or whatever. So yeah. what's their incentive to change? You need to get those people either repentant 
or move them along so that they don't corrupt the There's rest of the body. There's a whole point of do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers and don't, yeah, that's why you don't bring them into the body of Christ. You want them to be saved, but don't, you're lying to them. You're doing them a disservice when you are just caring about making them feel loved, but not confronting their sin. Yeah, this is kind of that idea of like holding their hand as you walk them to hell. Exactly. You know, hey man, yo, you're cool. Don't change your lifestyle. Just come and listen to the sermon. Sure, all the stuff we're talking about, you can neglect yeah. because you just don't like it. You know, you can't like, preach Christ without the law. That's what I was talking about today. I posted that on Facebook because I think most people just hear, you know, Jesus loves you. Just call on him and you'll be saved. But nobody knows saved from what? What? You need to hear about the law first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Apostle John, and I'll have it on the screen, um, but I don't have it pulled up here. He tells you that, like, in the book of first John is an entire book basically telling you if you're saved or not. And one of the things he tells you is that if you keep the commandments of Christ, then you are saved. That's how you can know. Like, so if you don't actually adhere to the things Jesus teaches, you're not saved. Um, Yeah. That was Kobe and Jacob's um, Bible memory verse was first John one nine. Confess his, you confess your sins. He is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to, Cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But that whole confessing sins part, people want to skip right over. Well, that wasn't the only story with Pope Francis this week. And this one is not necessarily a new story this week, but it just came to our attention this week. So we wanted to mention it. Um, But this one is, I got from the Gospel News Network is where I found this. But if you want to read that headline, honey. Okay, Islam update. See the first images of construction progress on Abrahamic family house in Abu Dhabi of the One World Religion headquarters. So I don't know Hmm. how many people had heard of this before. Everybody who saw that was like, that's fake news. Yeah, and apparently it's not uh, because we saw it on Facebook or whatever, and we're like, what kind of nonsense is this? (laughs) So we started looking around, and apparently uh, this article goes on to say, the project is a legacy of Pope Francis's visit to Abu Dhabi in 2019. So this is apparently something Pope Francis has been trying to get into the works for a while now. And it's this religion called Chrislam. So I just pulled up what Chrislam <laughs> is and it says, Chrislam is a modern day attempt to blend the teachings and practices of Christianity and Islam. Historically, Chrislam began under the Nigerian leader named Teletela in the 1970s. It recognizes both the Bible and Quran as holy books and reads from both sources during its gatherings. Likewise, both Christians and Muslim holidays are celebrated as equal. The God of the Judeo-Christian Bible and the Allah of the Quran are considered to be exactly the same deity. Um, So if Pope Francis wasn't doing enough uh, to water down his version of Christianity, here you go again, basically claiming that the Bible and the Quran are exactly the same in Pope Francis's eyes. Uh, never mind that the <laughs> Apostle Paul told you that if anybody comes preaching a different gospel than the one you're reading in the Holy that. Bible, let them be accursed. And he even goes so far as to tell you that whether they be a man or an angel. And do you know who gave uh, the prophet Muhammad the book of Islam? Uh, or the Quran, yeah. it was supposedly an angel. an angel. So 
the, the Apostle Paul might disagree here slightly with the Pope on his stance that they're the same religion. He's definitely a type of Antichrist. That's very easy to see. Yeah. Don't um, defend him. Yeah. I I, if you are of the Catholic persuasion, we would pray and pray for you to find somewhere else to be. Um, that is... Yeah, I, I know that's just a whole other topic. I know we it's we like may you have need to, to go discuss into it more. the Catholic, the Roman Catholic Church first. Yeah, I mean, you even go back to our fa founding fathers of, as far as Protestantism. You know, John Calvin and Martin Luther and all these guys recognized the Pope and the Roman Catholic Church as at least a form of Antichrist. Mm -hmm. um, so this system has been around a long time. Yeah, I mean, and mm -hmm. our church fathers from the time that they basically have their writings. I mean, they all basically said the same thing that the Roman Catholic church and the Pope are antichrist. And if you need any more evidence, I mean, here you go. Pope Francis doing what he can to establish the one world sort of religion of, of lawlessness at work. Well, in the world too, but it's getting worse, worse. And people don't even see it. Yeah. What were um, those verses they used in the bottom? I uh, wanted to bring up. Yeah, this one right here from Habakkuk. Yeah, and the one above it, too. I just think, so they're quoting scripture in light of a certain, uh, I guess, uh, eschatology, I'd say. So Daniel 9, 27, they quote, because they're just saying, oh, this one world religion. And they're quoting nine, Daniel 9, 27. And it reads, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he, sh he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. And so there, just be careful with people saying a um, Old Testament scripture and applying it to something that they say hasn't happened yet. but. There are those who believe that this has already been fulfilled, which I agree with. This is about Jesus. Um, it's not about a. It's not about. I don't know if this is the one with the. Well, covenant. this guy right above him tells you that uh, this is Bible prophecy, literally leaping off the page. Right, they're telling you what He's to believe in eschatology when there's more than one view. I just want y'all to know yeah, that. He's telling you Daniel 927 is Chrislam. Mm. Uh no, it is not. Uh, so. so just just keep in mind Daniel 927, Jesus fulfilled that. And in the one they quoted, uh Habakkuk tells us it says tells us that God will work a work in the end times that we won't believe even as we see it coming to pass. And then he says, and brother, is that ever the truth? And so Habakkuk reads that, and it's, it does say, I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe that what we're told to you. So they're applying this to our end times. But in Acts 13, Paul quotes that scripture concerning Jesus. It was already fulfilled. Both of those were. So it's just... You were just reading a news article, and they're interpreting scripture for you. Well, so be careful guy, of that. I don't know that this guy is in favor 
of Krizlam. I think maybe he's pointing out Krizlam as like, hey man, this is the Revelation 13 one world religion that we're talking about here. Mm. Um, which again, yeah, we would still push back on. It could be pushing toward a one world religion, but don't take a scripture that's about Jesus and apply it to a different, you know, if you're a dispensationalist, then you'll believe that. But there are many who are not. Yeah, so a bad week, a bad look for Pope Francis as far as we're concerned. But I don't know, maybe for Catholics, they're, they're down with this. I don't know. I'd love to hear from some of them. Um, well, Catholics are dispensationalists then, because that stems from the Roman Catholic Church. But I know even a lot of Catholics have had some issue with Pope Francis. Good. I mean, they should, but you know, I don't know what sort of recourse there is. Which, again, yeah. I don't know how you have... Again, I don't know how you get to that religion where you accept that he's basically the vicar of Christ mm. on earth, on earth. But then you're like, yeah, but I disagree with him. Right. Well, how can you? Like, mm. I don't disagree with Jesus. Um, wherever I disagree with him, I'm wrong. Exactly. Um, and I just need to get my thinking in line. It's not like. So, yeah, we may try to look closer into Catholicism at some point on here, you know, but who knows? This stuff is crazy. Catholicism is wild. So um, looking on more of the world news stage, um, the biggest story like we had talked about was Gabby Petito. That mm-hmm. one still seems to be taking a lot of headlines. Was and, she somebody who was well known before this? Because I'd never heard of her. Yeah, and that's the thing. We didn't look Did she already have a, a YouTube lot channel? into Gabby. You know, we just kept seeing the headlines of you know, she's missing her boyfriend, all these sorts of things. So, I mean, I know it's a big story. I don't know a ton about it. So I, I pulled up on here. Um, she was a, apparently a pretty big Instagram er, she had about, you know, roughly oh, a, a million, like million followers. followers. She was a, um, she had like a travel review sort mm-hmm. of channel and on Instagram and YouTube. So she was, I guess, fairly well known there. So that may be why we know of her at all. Um, but yeah, so I guess, I mean, if you're unfamiliar with the story, I'll have both of these timelines linked, one from CNN and one from ABC News, that you can sort of see why this was a story and what really happened. But basically, the gist of it is uh, her and her boyfriend, this Brian Laudry dude, if I can find a yeah. picture of him. Um, There was a picture of him yeah. in here somewhere, but There's basically the they go one. on a, yeah, there he is. Um, they basically go on like a car trip. They're going out to, I guess it's like Yosemite national park or something back in June. Uh, she's in regular conversation with her mom. And then sometime around the end of August, August. I believe uh, the phone calls with her mom stop. And then in early September, this Brian Laundry dude comes back home. Gabby's nowhere to be seen. Uh, they basically stiff arm the cops as much as they can. Mm. And then I guess just this week or something, they found Gabby's body in the woods out near in Wyoming. I think it was. Uh, yeah. In Wyoming, they found remains that they basically linked to Gabby. And they had to figure out where, where they were at last. Cause they were traveling state to state. Yep, and that's that's what this video here, um, where these 
are these pictures are from i guess police body cam and stuff because they had stopped them Mm -hmm. so what we know of this story it's largely a story of seems like a story of like domestic abuse Mm -hmm. and kind of the warning signs of domestic abuse because if you see in this story uh right here it says a 911 audio recording from this day in on August 12th somebody had seen Brian slapping Gabby I guess as they were like driving by and then they stopped uh they ran up and down the sidewalk and then um I guess he hit Gabby again got in the car and drove off whatever and they called the cops the cops came and interviewed him he made them split up for the night so i guess the cop made him like go and sleep it off in different hotel rooms and then apparently they got back together and went on their way which ultimately led to gabby's parent death um in this so pretty horrifying but yeah i i don't know much about it outside of the idea that this is a domestic abuse sort of situation Mm -hmm. yeah i guess did it just hit the news because she was already well known because you know these kinds of things happen all the time so i just wonder why this one why was this one picked out because i just just because i didn't know who she was before like she was already pretty well known well it could be largely because she's well known but maybe also because they sort of have some of this footage and some other things that they can tie to it um and then who knows why stuff makes the news i mean Maybe these parents were just actually forward thinking enough to get on the phone with a news agency or something to make it known. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it's tragic, obviously. Um, And I, you know, I don't want to try to be crude or, you know, you know, disrespectful to people, but man, I can't imagine that this was the first time that he was abusive to her. You know, if this is They've something been together that happened, a year, living together, been together for, and not married, you know, um, which obviously is a Christian show. We think you should be married, but um, obviously usually in these situations, these people have been abusive for a while. Like this rarely just the most loving company in the world. And then I kill you and bury you in the woods. That generally yeah. is not the way things happen. So you know, there's probably been signs of this forever. Um, and really, you know, the only advice that I can give is I don't know where in the Bible, if it ever says in the Bible that you are supposed to be like in love with the person you marry. But I know the Bible tells you that you are supposed to love the person that you married. And those may sound the same, but I think a lot of times like we get infatuated with somebody or our emotions tell us, you know, something about a certain person, even though in our rational minds, we might know this is not the right person for me. Yeah. Like I'm sure if you could sit down Gabby in maybe a sober setting and be like, do you want to be with somebody that's abusive? That's whatever, all these different things that probably are character flaws in Brian, she would probably say, no, of course I don't want to be with somebody like that. But somehow when it's wrapped in that Brian laundry package, it just worked for her. And I think, you know, that's the same for all of us. We all have our sort of things that we like and we ignore the warning signs and all these sorts of things. But as a Christian, I mean, you obviously stay 
prayed up and stay in the word and stay close to God. But like, I don't think you need to be in love or infatuated with somebody to get married. Nikki's even read the verse before where they talk to the women Mm -hmm. uh, or the verse where it's like the older ladies in the church teach teach the younger ladies how to love their husbands and their children and their children. (laughs) And, you know, obviously maybe back then there were more arranged marriages and stuff like that. But like, you don't have to like just marry somebody because you're like, I love him. You know, I mean, I've had, family members that you know are drug addicts and they think they love their drug dealing you know boyfriend no dude that's not love that's destruction yeah um you can have make good decisions and then fall in love with that person i mean that may sound weird and i don't know if it makes any sense to anybody but like you just you can't put yourselves in these situations um because they're not easy to get out of and ultimately this is you know, the result, an extreme end of that result and uh, is tragic for sure. But, you know, you can do a lot to prevent yourself getting in a situation like this, but it's hard to stop it once you're in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard just speaking on. I mean, I don't know if she was a Christian. I'm assuming just from outside, not just from I mean, I know there's a lot of Christians. It's hard because there's so many lukewarm Christians who. They live together, dating for years and living together, and they're not married. Seems like after that time, you would know what kind of person um, that, that they are. But there's even Christians who are deceived. I mean, you might, some people get married too soon, and they are both Christians, and things don't work out well. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously never a, a perfect equation. Um, but... I definitely think in this society, like you should be way more leery about the people that you're saying yes to and getting in relationships, especially somebody like, I mean, Gabby, obviously the heart wants what it wants. Right. But like, she's obviously a very beautiful girl, um, successful, obviously through Instagram and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know, he might've been jealous of her success and he was just the shadow. I don't know. You never know, but definitely keep Gabby's parents in your prayer. But also keep Brian Laundry and his family in their prayers. You know, there's been a lot of pushback because his family has mm-hmm. basically kind of stonewalled the police and not really offered up a lot of help in finding Gabby. And we all want to jump on them and, you know, crucify them for not being more helpful. But if you can be, I guess, at all sympathetic, if that was your son who was in a situation like that, um, you know, it's hard to say that you wouldn't also try to um, shield them as best as you can. So mm-hmm. keep them all in your prayers. Uh, the laundry family needs Christ just as much as the Petito family yeah. does right now. So just uh, a crazy story, but um, moving on, I kind of have a couple stories that I thought in line with this more like prayer request stories. Um, and the first one is from This right here, Canary Island volcano um, destroys some homes in Las Palmas, Canary Islands. So I don't know if you guys have been following this at all. Yeah, but I've been putting a Facebook group about it. I don't even know if the people <laughs> in it are live there. Maybe a few of them do, but there's all these different people who live there who are reporting on it. And then there's people who are just fear mongering. So I don't know. I don't know what to think about it all because there's... Is it like the end of the world? Fear monger? 
like oh, every know. natural disaster. Definitely the people world. who are logical, and then there's the people who just they just are empowered, or I don't know, they just love fear. You know, they get excited, like they want this to be the end of the world. Like they get excited about anything destruction, and people are talking, "Are you going to get away from the coast?" And I'm like, "You should leave too, then." Because there's a tsunami coming, possibly. I mean, listen, <laughs> we are waiting for the end of the world, too. We want Jesus to come back as badly as anybody. But, uh, well, the story, just so you guys, if you're listening on the podcast, it says, um, and this is from, I found it from the Big News Network, which is an awesome name for a news network. But it says, uh, Los Palmas, Canary Islands, lava flowing from the first volcanic eruption in 50 years on Spain's Canary Islands, destroyed some hundred houses and forced the evacuation of 5,500 people. So, yeah, I mean, volcanoes are crazy. Um, I think of all the natural disasters, these are maybe the craziest because there's nothing you can do about it. Like, can't, con- not, I guess, that you can control any of them, but these ones seem more out what of control. What do we control. blame it on? Global warming? What do they blame it on? Everything's global warming's <laughs> fault. Where's Al Gore but, um, talking about this? Yeah, they're still waiting for like a bigger eruption i guess like it's been like splashing out like i was watching that video the other day with it just like flinging up into the air just like that's pretty scary yeah so Uh, lift up the people in the canary islands pray for them but also pray for us because the canary islands are beautiful and we would hate for this wretched volcano to ruin such a beautiful place they said it went off 50 years ago yes so yeah um so yeah that's uh that happened this week Volcanoes are crazy. You know anybody in the Canary Islands? I guess pray for them. Um, but maybe a little more serious. Uh, in Collierville, Tennessee, earlier mm. this week, we had a basically an active shooter sort of situation going on at a Kroger. We haven't heard about an active shooter situation in a long time, have we? No, they seem to have died down a little bit, um, mm. which is a good thing, but. Yeah, this one, um, two dead, at least 12 injured in a shooting at a Kroger grocery store in Tennessee. And it says a gunman killed at least one person and wounded at least 12 others uh, Thursday at a Kroger grocery store before dying what appeared to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound, authorities said. So that was the second name or the type of gun. Um, No, I mean, it just. Sounded like basically the guy deceased either. Yeah, I haven't seen an actual motive um, as to why the guy went in there and started shooting, yeah, shooting up the place. But yeah, it sounded like it was a pretty chaotic scene in there. You know, people I said they were hiding in the it just uh, seems so random, hiding in the freezers, locked offices, and stuff like that, which is well done. That's good uh, active shooter training. Yeah. To one person said they were on the roof. Yeah, get on the roof. Um, so if you are in an active shooter situation, if I may enlighten you, um, hide or run, hide, fight. That's kind of where you want to be. If you hear shots popping off and you can run, there's an exit near you. Get out of the building. Don't grab your belongings. Don't grab your belongings. Um, Just go. If you can't get to an exit, find a freezer, a office with a door that can lock, whatever you can. Hide in there, barricade yourself in, and then if you're in that hiding situation, uh, make a plan to fight if you need to. Mm-hmm. Um, grab whatever yep. object you can. Because um, here's the thing, too, and this 
you know, obviously is easier said than done, but most people when they're shooting are, I mean, movies lead you down a bad path. They're not terribly accurate. Um, it's incredibly hard to hit somebody with a pistol from like 20 yards. So if you're like at one end of a food aisle, uh, in a grocery store and the gunman's at the other end and you're like running from him, the odds of him shooting you, if you're moving at all, is really, really slim. I mean, unless he's a trained marksman, I mean, their blood's pumping. They're not going to be accurate. It's, and again, easier said than done. I understand that. But, and that's why in the situation where if shots start going off, you may have a very good chance, even if the shooter can see you, but you're a far way away from him to just break for an exit because the odds of him, and I don't know if this is actually true, but I believe I heard that it takes somewhere around like three to four seconds for a shooter to acquire a moving target or while they're moving to basically acquire a target, aim on that target and pull the trigger. So that's like, if you're just sort of standing still or like, so if you're constantly up, down, moving left and right, it's almost impossible. They literally are just going to have to shoot in a direction and hope you run into the bullet basically. So easier said than done. I understand that, but um, these are chaotic situations. So run, hide, fight. That's going to be your number one option or your three options really when you get in a situation like this. And if, um, <laughs> if, if you get into it. <laughs> I mean, you know, they've gone away a little bit, but the spirit of the Antichrist is in my eyes, expound or expanding in the world. Like the world is becoming more evil, more chaotic all the time. You know, mm -hmm. this stuff happens obviously in the Middle East all the time. True. It's obviously been happening here a ton. So this isn't going away anytime soon. Um, so you need to be prepared for that. So that's uh, any little tidbit that I can give you there. And also be prayed up because it always helps to pray. Because then at least if you get in this situation and you happen to perish, uh, at least, you know, you're in right standing with mm -hmm. God. And that is the important part. So do you have any last thoughts on any of these before we end it with our good news story of the week? Let's get to some good news. All right. Some good news. <laughs> um, oh, no. good. Hold on. Nikki got all my... Don't you blame web pages screwed <laughs> up here. So this story comes from the blaze. And if you want to read the headline, honey. Okay. Tunguska. Did I say oh, that right? right? Where? Over there. Okay. <laughs> New scientific discovery points to possible evidence of the destruction of biblical Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That you just want Thank to read you, this science. first headline or this first okay. paragraph. In a research paper published in Nature magazine this week titled A Tunguska Sized Airburst Destroyed Tall L. Come on, help me out. Like Tall L. Hammond. <laughs> Having me read them because <laughs> yeah. I didn't ask you how to time how to pronounce that. I don't know. Tall L. Hammond. Okay. A middle a uh, Bronze Age city in the Jordan Valley near the Dead Sea. Scientists concluded after 15 years of intensive study that a gigantic asteroid destroyed an ancient Middle Eastern city roughly 3,600 years ago. Yeah, so 
you know, that's kind of been one of the mysteries of the Bible. Really, I mean, we all know Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, but they've never really known exactly where Sodom and Gomorrah were. There's, you know, people guess on where it is, and but no one's ever really known. So here's this story. Apparently, they say that they found a city or some evidence that points to a place that could be Sodom and Gomorrah, um, and which is why I think it's good news. Is it? I don't know, but it's always cool when you find. I mean, we know that the Bible is true and accurate, but it's always nice when you find new evidence that just cements the fact that the Bible is true and accurate. Um, these guys do go on to. They don't necessarily give credit to um, God here and why this happens. So their explanation for um, how this city was destroyed, they say, flashing through the atmosphere. The rock exploded in a massive fireball two and a half miles above the ground. The blast was a, was a thousand times more pro- powerful than Hiroshima. The shock city dwellers who stared at it were blinded instantly. Air temperatures rapidly rose above 3,600 degrees Fahrenheit. Clothing and wood immediately burst into flames. Swords, spears, mud bricks, and pottery began to melt. Almost imi- immediately, the entire city was on fire. So it's just a way to discredit, oh, it's not biblical. We can explain it scientifically. Yeah, so they don't go on to say this well, is Sodom and Gomorrah. good news? <laughs> well, because, right, like they do this all the time, you know, with whatever happens to be um, from the Bible. They try to give, you know, a lame scientific excuse. And, I mean, if God destroyed, what was it, burning sulfur? Mm-hmm rain from the sky so could that have been a ball of sulfur or something who knows that hit sodom and gomorrah i mean because obviously you can't look at a a but they can't explain something else coming from the sky besides an asteroid so it had to be an asteroid right and that's where the the secular scientist yeah you know point of view comes in and you know so they're saying definitely something destroyed this area that looks like an asteroid but wouldn't it have destroyed more than just that city. Like, seemed like it would have affected more, being a thousand times more powerful. Is what it said in Hiroshima. You said, yeah. Uh, I mean, or it, who knows? I mean, I'm sure these cities weren't super close together mm-hmm. back in the day. So, I don't know. It's a fun story. We'll see whatever comes of it. But I think it's cool. I guess here's a place that could potentially be Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, I've actually been doing my daily devotionals on tiktok through the book of genesis and i've just gone through basically genesis you know 17 18 19 where it's talking about the destruction of sodom and gomorrah um and then i saw this article and i was like i saw that connection because i listened to your devotional this morning and then i like oh this is about lot as well yeah getting a lot (laughs) good lord yeah all the people in the bible lot so um (laughs) Yeah, it's a fun story. We'll see whatever comes of it, but that's all. Well, do you have any last words, baby, as we get ready to close this thing out? Mm, no, I don't have any last words. Yeah, uh, stick around with us on Wednesday. I think we should have hopefully some more Mars Hill coming out. There should be an actual episode nine, I think, should be out this week. Um, so we'll definitely have the review on that and then try to come back next Saturday again, looking at the news of next week hopefully it's better but again if you're a catholic or you know catholics we'd love to hear from you on this stuff mm-hmm. um and then please keep the petito and the laundry family in your prayers as well as the people in canary islands 
Um, the people in Collierville, Tennessee, they definitely need your prayers. And that is all we got for you guys today. Love you. God bless.